Hold on. Press it in with a pen or something. Start back up. Okay, I'm gonna make some for me. Honey. It's okay, baby. Can you make the formula? I'm gonna be home in 10. Sam? Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And now, for those who want to, let us pray for mercy and forgiveness and the return of those who have left us. As to the instantaneous disappearance of 2% of the world's population, your conclusion as to what happened, some 140 million souls, is I don't know. Shalom, everyone. This is Ty Green. There is only one rapture, and you don't want to miss it. There are no partial raptures. There is not more than one rapture. There is only one. One means one. There's not two raptures. There are not three raptures or any other number other than one. There is only one rapture. You need to be saved at the time of the rapture or you will miss it. There will not be another. I'm going to take a brief moment to explain what the rapture is and share why there is only one. The rapture in and of itself is a rescue. The rapture is a gathering unto the Lord with an emphasis on how it is gathered, snatched up, caught up. We know that the Strong's Concordance number G726 word is harpazo. The Thayer lexicon says to seize, carry off by force, to seize on, claim for oneself eagerly, to snatch out or away. So, those in Christ at the time of the Harpazo are seized, carried off by force. We are snatched out or away. And there's no doubt that we are seized on and claimed for oneself eagerly as the Lord wants to be with us and we want to be with him. Amen. When looking at the rapture, we must keep in mind a few very important details. Some may need to understand or be aware of these in order to move forward within this study. The first is that the rapture is indeed real, but the word rapture itself is not in the Bible. The word rapture is the Latin translation of the Greek word harpazo. That is in the Bible. It's a matter of word translation. The word in Greek is harpazo. In Latin, it is rapturo or rapture. In the English, we use two words, caught up. Next, we must remember the seven feasts of the Lord outlined within Leviticus chapter 23. Within those seven feasts, there are three agricultural harvests. These agricultural references are extremely important because they are connected to the harvest seasons related to a particular feast namely 
the barley is the harvest associated with the feast of first fruits right the wheat is associated with the feast of weeks this is pentecost lastly the fruit harvest is associated with the feast of tabernacles with these in mind we can see how this makes more sense when the lord jesus refers to the multitudes as a harvest look at this in the book of Matthew chapter 9 let's pick it up at verse 36 but when he saw the multitudes this is referring to Jesus he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd then saith he unto his disciples the harvest truly is plenteous but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. See that? From the Strong's Concordance, we can see that the word harvest is number G2326. This is therismos. This means reaping, i.e. the crop, harvest. The Thayer lexicon goes on to say equivalent to the act of reaping figuratively of the gathering of men into the kingdom of God equivalent to the time of reaping we can see that these harvests involve the gathering of folk unto the Lord the harvest involving the rapture the harpazo only occurs once it's a harvest as well as a rescue as there is an emphasis on the urgency of gathering this harvest unto the Lord so can everyone see here that the harpazo is about how something is taken yes taken to be with the Lord one notable event that is constant with these harvests unto the Lord is that they all involve a change in our bodies listen closely because we can't go like this we can't go to the father's house like this meaning flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God our corruptible bodies must be changed first Corinthians chapter 15 verses 51 through 53 Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality our bodies changed first in the twinkling of an eye the point here is that our bodies must be changed first prior to going to heaven this is totally separate from being taken quickly to meet the lord in the air case in point the barley harvest of the old testament saints resurrected after christ their bodies were changed after Christ's Christ had his glorified body first remember he's the first fruits of them that slept 
Then the Old Testament saints received their glorified bodies. Only afterward did they go to heaven. Yet there was no sense of urgency, no seizing, no snatching out, no catching up or away. Are you seeing this? Once again, no urgency in how this harvest of folks were gathered unto the Lord. Therefore, it was not a rapture. Can you see the difference? These Old Testament saints are referred to as the barley harvest because they were resurrected to life and received their glorified bodies during the harvest season of barley, which is associated with the Feast of First Fruits, as they were resurrected after Christ. Check out this study on how Jesus Christ fulfilled the Feast of First Fruits. Now, during the next harvest, which is the wheat harvest, we see that there is an urgency involved with this gathering unto the Lord as we are caught up, harpazo, to meet the Lord in the air. First Thessalonians chapter 4. We know this, but let's pick it up at verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise First, this is what Apostle Paul referred to earlier when the dead are raised incorruptible. What else did he say? We shall not all sleep, right? Verse 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's that factor of being caught up. That makes this event the rapture with that word harpazo. This particular gathering occurs quickly. So we've briefly touched on the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. Both occur before Israel's 70th week as the book of Isaiah chapter 26 verses 17 through 21 describes a resurrection just before the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. This didn't happen with the barley harvest. There was a resurrection and it was well known. Just ask Hymenaeus and Philetus. They overthrew the faith of some because they said that the resurrection had passed already. In fact, a resurrection had occurred. It's just not the one that immediately precedes the indignation of the Lord as described in Isaiah chapter 26. So the Jews were only aware of one resurrection to life. This is why we see all of those graves on one side of Mount Olivet in Israel. They want to be a part of the resurrection. Yet, up to this point, there have been two shared across time through scripture that we've just reviewed. Yet, only one of those is a rapture. Only one is a rescue. I will touch on that aspect too in a moment. Now, the third harvest associated with the seven feasts of the Lord 
outlined within Leviticus chapter 23, is the Feast of Ingathering, also known as the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Sukkot. The harvest associated with tabernacles is the fruit harvest. We see this in Revelation chapter 14. In verse 9, we get a time marker as to when this occurs, an angel warning folk not to take the mark of the beast. Revelation chapter 14, verse 9, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, stop right there. That announcement from that angel is a precursor because many will die in the Lord from that point on. Verse 13, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Now, next we're going to see a harvest. And what's the last harvest after wheat? It's the fruit harvest, right? And we know that figs and grapes are associated with the fruit harvest of the Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of Tabernacles. Let's continue on. Revelation chapter 14, verse 14. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Now, within this passage, we can clearly see that there is a ripe harvest upon the earth. Is this not the third harvest? Remember that these harvests involve the righteous in God and a change in their flesh to glorified bodies. This reaping of the earth by the Lord is not the rapture, nor is it a gathering unto the Lord. Yet it is part of the harvesting process. The key to this is within defining the word reap in this text and also point out what happens to the dead around this point in time. Reaped, Strong's Concordance, G2325. The definitions say, in the sense of the crop, to harvest, reap. The Thayer lexicon goes on to say to reap, Harvest, proverbial expression for sowing and reaping. Then it says to cut off, destroy, as crops are cut down with a sickle. This particular harvest, the fruit harvest, involves grapes. As we will see in the next few verses, after this harvest is reaped, meaning after this grape harvest crop is cut down with a sickle, these grape clusters of the vine must be gathered up, and then they are cast into the wine press. This is all within the flow of what we see next. Look at this, verse 17, And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, 
he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. Are you seeing this? The Lord cut down the crop, and this angel gathers the clusters of the vine. Then this next angel will cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. The fruit is being pressed. Let's keep going. Verse 19, And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. This passage points to a third harvest, but this is not a reference to their resurrection to life with their glorified bodies, as it is not time yet. We see that during this time of pressing, the dead in Christ of this time period must wait until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. This goes back to the fifth seal. Revelation 6, pick it up at verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true? Dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. You see that? So after the 70th week, but before the millennial reign, we see that the fruit harvest is completed and that those dead in Christ lived again. Those souls under the altar are considered dead, as this is a reference to the state of their bodies. But next we're going to see that they lived again, new bodies, yet there was no rapture for them. Revelation chapter 20 verse 4, Apostle John records this, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. This group of the dead in Christ obviously received their glorified bodies, as the word says, and they lived. 
So the question is here, when will the fruit be harvested? When will they be gathered and receive their glorified bodies? During the season of their respective Feast of Tabernacles is the expectation as the pattern of the previous two. We may gain more insight looking into the Sabbath years where pruning the vineyard is prohibited during the seventh year, Leviticus 25. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. Can't gather the grapes during a jubilee year either. As we see in Leviticus chapter 25, 11 through 13, a jubilee shall that 50th year be unto you. You shall not sow, neither reap that which grows of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy unto you. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee, you shall return every man unto his possession. These are some things to consider as to when the fruit is harvested and they receive their glorified bodies. We will get into this more in another study as this gets into when the grapes are harvested by noting when they are not to be gathered. We need to look at this closer definitely in short this harvest may be gathered during tabernacles but a year before the second coming of the lord now moving on we can see the grapes in the fruit harvest right yet there is no rapture there's no rescue for this group of believers they had to stay and be killed for the witness of Christ as they were not saved at the time of the previous harvest of wheat. Now, there is only one rapture, and you don't want to miss it. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, there is a gathering of the elect. This is not a harvest gathering. This takes place after the second coming of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 24, pick it up at verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. The fruit harvest will miss out on the seven-year wedding feast of the Bride of Christ. There are no new guests once the door is shut. The duration of Israel's 70th week is seven years, yet the time of the Harpazo is beforehand. We just don't know by how much. 
This means a bit longer in heaven during the time of indignation upon the earth. During the sixth year of Israel's 70th week could be the time of the fruit harvest within the harvest season for the Feast of Tabernacles. This needs to be examined further. We can cover more of this in another study as well. There's only one rapture and you don't want to miss it as it is indeed a rescue. The Lord has set the pattern. Noah's Ark and the Great Flood. The Lord provided a way of escape during his indignation in Ark. Then with the destruction of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord provided a way of escape by holding off his indignation until Lot and his family were safely away. Sodom has become corrupt, a city of sin. But my nephew Lot lives there. He has a family. The outcry against Sodom is great. Its sins are very grave. Going to destroy it. pattern reveals a rescue before the judgment, before the indignation rolls out. The rapture is indeed a rescue, but again, there's only one because it's connected to the time of indignation. Jesus uses the days of Noah and Lot as examples. The book of Luke chapter 17 Let's pick this up at verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. See the connections to the days of Noah and Lot, how there was relative normalcy just before the judgment came? See, the Lord has to come for those that belong to him and take 
them away to a safe place that he has prepared for us. John chapter 14 tells us where this prepared place is. It's in his father's house. John chapter 14, verse 1. The Lord says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Do you see that? We are to stay there during this time of indignation upon the earth. We see this during the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 26. Let's pick it up at verse 17. Like as a woman with child that draws near the time of her delivery is in pain and cries out in her pangs, so have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. You see that resurrection? Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Do you see that resurrection? Then watch this that happens next. Verse 20, come my people, enter into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. So we see a resurrection. Then we see folk are taken to a safe place, but for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. And this is why, verse 21, for behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. These dead mentioned within this passage are part of the same harvest that we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter four. Now we know this because following the resurrection, we see these folks are taken somewhere out of harm's way and once safe, the judgment rolls out upon the earth. The wheat harvest is the only harvest gathered quickly. The only one caught up to meet the Lord in the air. There's only one rapture. Revelation chapter 12 illustrates the harpazo as well. It only happens once after the wonders in the heavens described in verses one through four we note that in verse five that the male child is caught up unto god and to his throne this is a representation of the body of christ being caught up harpazoed to meet the lord in the air remember Everything forward of Revelation chapter 4 are future events from when Apostle John recorded them. Jesus Christ had already ascended into heaven. 
He wasn't taken quickly. He wasn't harpazoed. He was not in danger or in duress. In this passage in Revelation 12, we see that the male child is in duress and then caught up unto God and to his throne. Harpazoed, the rapture, and it happens only once. We see the left behind further down as the remnant of her seed. These are those that came to Christ after the rapture. Revelation 12, 17, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And we know what happens to them. This group, the remnant of her seed, are whom we call affectionately the tribulation saints. The Bible simply calls them saints. In this passage, what is seen here is the wheat harvested at the rapture and then the fruit harvest remaining. All the believers from that point will make up the fruit harvest and it will be harvested within its season. Only one rapture. These same two references to children, the male child and the remnant of her seed are even noted in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, chapter 66. The woman in travail represents Israel. We saw that same woman represented there in Revelation chapter 12, and we saw it also in Isaiah chapter 26 earlier. But what we're going to see here is that the male child is delivered before Israel's 70th week. It locks us into a time frame. This means that before her time of trouble, what's referred to as Jacob's trouble, the male child is delivered. He, by definition, escapes. The rapture only happens once. Don't miss it. Isaiah 66, verse 7. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Remember the representations of groups of people. Israel as the woman in travail. And what group of people came out of her? The church. The Jews and the Gentiles in Christ. Are you seeing this? So look at this word, delivered. Strong's Concordance, H4422. Amongst the definitions, we see to escape, hmm, as if by slipperiness. Causatively, to release or rescue. Deliver, then it says self, escape, save. Look at this, speedily, surely. To slip away, escape, deliver, save, be delivered. So this child escapes speedily before the time of Israel's trouble. But this other one doesn't. Verse 8, who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? 
Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. That word children confirms the remnant of her seed that we read of in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. See, there's only one escape. If you're not in Christ, when the rapture happens, you will be left here upon the earth. The door will be shut just like in the days of Noah when the Lord shut that door on the ark. So within scripture, we saw three groups of people in God that were gathered and their bodies changed. The Old Testament saints after the resurrection of Christ and two more groups in the future. One before Jacob's trouble, Israel's 70th week, and another group after Jacob's trouble has begun. Now, we don't know exactly when they are gathered. Scripture does point out that it's after the Mark of the Beast campaign, but before the millennial reign begins. These gatherings are indeed harvests unto the Lord. The rapture is among these as the next gathering in a time of relative normalcy, like in the days of Noah, yet nonetheless under some sort of duress as Revelation chapter 12 verse 4 describes just before the Harpazo event in verse 5. So, there is only one rapture, and afterwards the folks dwelling upon the earth will be involved in a time of trial across the whole world due to sin and iniquity. The only escape, the only deliverance is through Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 3 verse 10, the Lord says, because you have kept the word of my patience, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation. This is defined as adversity, affliction, trouble, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Isaiah 13 and 9, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. When the Lord does this, he will follow the previous examples in Noah and Lot. And that's why he mentions this. Jesus mentions this because he wants everyone to know. He wants everyone to know because he doesn't want anyone to perish. Second Peter 3 and 9 says it, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus will remove all those that belong to him just before the destruction. That's an encouragement for us that believe on Jesus Christ. Again, the pattern is before the destruction, before the judgment, not during the judgment. Watch this now, hence 
the rapture that is a rescue is a prejudgment event and there is only one these judgments upon the earth will span a period of seven years that runs alongside Israel's 70th week the focus is on the non-believing Jews as the Lord pleads his case with them during their time of trouble they will know that he is the Lord as he will show himself evident throughout that time he will also send the two witnesses and the 144,000 throughout this interaction the non-believing Jews will come to know that Yeshua is the Hamashiach Jesus is the Christ are you seeing this so this is a different time period therefore there will be no rescue for them as there will be for the Jews and Gentiles in Christ before this time period begins no rescue during that time and that trial of judgment upon the earth no more raptures there's only one Noah and all aboard the ark were there before the great flood began Lot and his family were rescued out of the city before Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed so when this all goes down the rescue the rapture when the harvest of wheat is gathered will only happen once receive the gift of God today salvation through Jesus Christ the whole point of biblical prophecy is to encourage those in Christ that Jesus is coming it also serves as a warning to us all that this world will soon fall into judgment due to sin and iniquity trust Jesus this is not so that we will be in fear it is to encourage faith faith in Jesus Christ it is to encourage us to repentance and towards salvation through Jesus Christ Ephesians 1 and 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the richness of his grace second Peter 3 and 9 the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long-suffering to usward not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance first John 1 and 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness today is the day of salvation you can be prepared to meet God right now you must believe in your heart that Jesus died for you on that cross for we have all sinned and all fall short of the glory of God for we all have a sin debt that we cannot pay the wages of sin is death right so we must trust in what Jesus did for us up on that cross we must believe it with our hearts and confess it with our mouths Jesus was buried and on the third day God raised him up 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So just come as you are. Look at this. Titus 3, verses 3 through 7. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. All right, I will leave it right there. We must use our remaining time wisely. Amen. Live holy before the Lord. Love y'all. Shalom.